0: Alrighty, I want to ask you a question, uh, first of all, and that is this. How many of you are going through a hard time? You're facing some hardships. Probably a lot of us here know that we are facing hardships. How many know that we're facing some hardships in our nation? Come on, talk to me. Everybody here would have to acknowledge we are facing hardships, and perhaps today you are facing some hardships in your personal life, or at least in your family life. We all are experiencing that. For that reason, I have been really praying about following up on the Q&A time of the book of Revelation. However, uh, this morning, I really felt led in the light of the events that transpired this week, uh, as you have witnessed and I have witnessed and yea, the world has witnessed, I felt led of the Lord to go back to uh, the passage of Scripture in uh, the same book we were looking at last week. Let me just uh, ask you this or share the, this with you. Have you ever noticed that when you walk into a dark room, let's say in your shed or out in your utility building or maybe in the carport, and if you notice if it's pitch black dark and you turn the light on, what do you see? Normally, you'll see bugs scurrying to hide from the light, and it appears to me that the light is turned on, and we're seeing some bugs scurrying because of the light. In fact, I remember as a young person, as a boy, a teenager, I used to love to fish. I mean, y'all love to fish. And one thing that I would do is I would go out in the woods and I'd look for crickets and worms. And so I would turn over a rock or a log. Because the sun was not shining under the rock or the log. And lo and behold, a cricket or a bug or a worm would scurry because of the light of the sun. I tell you what, beloved, if ever (laughs) there was a time when we who named the name of Jesus need to shine the light, it is right now. It is now in our nation. Turn that light on question, are you shining like a 40-watt bulb? Or are you shining like a 60-watt bulb? Or do you really want to shine like a floodlight? Yes, Peter said that we're to shine in this dark world of ours. Now, I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of First Peter. Again, the subject of suffering 16 times in this wonderful book written by peter who indeed experienced suffering he describes how and how we should respond and when we are facing hardships the word suffering if you would like to know which you probably already do the word suffering can be Translated, or let's say uh, a synonym, a word that's uh, likened unto suffering is affliction or distress. And so, I believe we're in a time of distress. First Peter, and we're going to look today at this subject. First Peter, chapter one. I'm sorry, First Peter, chapter four. Now, as we get into the subject, by the way of introduction, I want to tell you there's two. Two dark shadows that are seemingly casting upon our nation, keeping the light from shining. And I want to encourage you today, beloved, because uh, Wednesday night, one of our men, as we were praying, this is what he said. He said, You know what, Pastor Randy? He said, Brother Randy, I'm really concerned about my children and grandchildren, what they're going to have to face in the coming days. How many of y'all are concerned? for your children and grandchildren and others. Certainly, uh, we're concerned as a people, and yet we understand the younger generation, if the Lord tarries, there's more to come. And so how to trust God when our children face hardship and suffering? This is just an introductory thought. Uh, They're going to face suffering and hardship. And so I believe we're blazing the trail, Lordship and Fellowship Through Hardship. That's the title of the message lordship and fellowship through hardship lordship fellowship through hardship turn the light on yes turn the light on and as i shared with you here's where we're going in the message today lord willing and the holy spirit leading number one i want to share with you how we can turn distress or hardship what we're experiencing these days with not only the coronavirus but the political unrest and the economic uncertainty in the days to come. How can we turn? Here it is, one. How can we turn distress or hardship into heaven's best? We're going to see that very clearly in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. and We'll see that in verse number 7. But number 2, how not only can we turn a time of deadly distress into heaven's best but number two we're going to see in our passage of scripture today how we can turn deadly distress and turn it into being blessed we'll see that in first peter chapter 4 verses uh, 7 the last part of it and verse 8 through 10. and so i want you to look at with me please first peter chapter 4 if you'd like to stand let's read the text and again, sixteen times Peter mentions the word suffering. Uh, as you're standing to your feet, let me remind you. We looked last week at um, the passage in First Peter: the testing of our faith being much more precious than of gold, though it be tried with fire. First Peter one six and seven. And then let me remind you, First Peter two twenty one: Christ suffered for us; he set the example that we should follow in his steps. When he was reviled, he reviled not. When he suffered, he threatened not. But he committed himself unto him that judgeth righteously. I want to remind you as we get up to 1 Peter 4 in chapter 3 that Peter says we're to sanctify the Lord our God in our heart and be ready to answer every man of the reason of the hope that's within us with meekness and with fear. Be ready to give a logical defense of what we believe. Oh yeah, right now like never before. And then as we read 1 Peter 3 verse 17 following Uh, peter said it's better for the will of god that you suffer for well-doing than for evil doing for christ suffered for us the just for us the unjust that he might bring us back to god being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the spirit and that leads us into our text today first peter chapter 4 and i want you to pick up please in first peter chapter 4 if you dare say amen Forasmuch then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he hath suffered in the flesh, hath ceased from sin. Now, skip on down, please, for the sake of time, to verse 7. I want you to please underline verse 7, 8, 9, 10. I have preached from this text before, but the Lord led me back again. This new message is an absolutely new message that the Lord was burning on my heart, and again, on the, in the light of the things that have uh, uh, taken place before our very eyes and our nation and in this uh, world. Verse 7 reads this way. Peter wrote, mm, yes, but the end, the word end is teleos, the word end, but the end of all things is at hand in other words it's drawing near in other words it doesn't t- take a rocket scientist to figure figure out things are spinning out of control and yet i want to tell you thank god god's in control hallelujah and then notice and peter says the end of all things is at hand be ye therefore sober wake up keep your cool be calm be sober and, and in other words uh be ready Hey, look, don't go to sleep. Understand the times in which we're living. Be sober and watch, stay alert. Watch unto prayer. Verse 8, and above all things, have fervent charity. The word fervent is the word zealous. It means uh, it's a strong word, fervent, boiling over, if you will. And above all things, have fervent what? Charity, agape, love and among yourselves for love oh I like this next part please underline that (laughs) for charity love covers the multitude of sins hey listen let me just pause right there for a moment I'm not going to take but a brief moment we're going to read verse 9 and 10 and we'll be done I'm glad to tell you New Rocky Creek Baptist Church we do not compromise the truth of God and yet we understand we live in a world where we as a church need to have grace in place the lord hates sin but he loves the sinner and i'm glad to tell you as a church we believe that grace is god not doing for us or to us uh, what we deserve and so as a christian it's easy for me to throw rocks at other people can, can you know what i'm talking about and, and yet uh, uh, there's a time to stay true to the word of god but there's a time to help your brother up there's a time to help your sister up there's a time to restore those according to Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 so I'm so thankful to God we've seen the Lord the Holy Ghost of God use the love of Christ and our heart as lost sinners come to church and they're not uh, maybe dressed like uh, you do or I do or act like we do and yet we don't expect them to change until the power of God changes them that's so very important is it not oh yes and we've seen the love of Christ Uh, absolutely change and transform people because we as a church, uh, we love sinners. We don't love the sin. God doesn't love our sin. He loves us. That's very important, beloved, as in verse 8 verifies that. Verse 9, use hospitality one to another without grudging the word grudging there means without murmuring (laughs) i love it the fact we love each other we pray for each other we're not perfect i don't dot my eyes like you do i don't cross my t's like you do but we love each other we accept each other we're spiritually gifted differently and we understand that we're on the same page we're on the same team we're going to zion oh the beautiful city of god verse 10 and every man hath received the gift as speaking of spiritual gifts even so serve or minister the same one to another as good stewards or managers of the manifold grace of God father oh lord how majestic is your name in all the earth and i know that lord many are hurting many are confused many are angry many father today are just Lord, just abandoned our first love. We've just, Father, uh, at a time like this, have a tendency, Father, to just get vexed or discouraged or depressed. And God, you know those listening here and by way of live stream, Lord, we need a mighty touch from heaven. We need you to fortify us with faith. We need strength from above to shine the light in this dark world of ours, Keep us encouraged. Keep us full of your Holy Spirit. Cleanse us with the washing of water by the word. I pray that, dear Lord, there'd be a mighty Holy Ghost revival among your people, many who've grown cold and indifferent. You'll reclaim those back to the body of Christ. And, Father, thank you for those that are here. We pray you'll ignite Holy Ghost flames of faith in our heart to be faithful to you, to make a difference while we can, in spite of the things going around us, and stay focused on you, your will, and your way for your glory. Thank you now for victory in Jesus. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you called us. Thank you that you set us apart. Thank you that you are faithful to see us through in these days. That's our prayer and desire. We finish faithful for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated righty. God bless you now let's go right into our text turn the light on look at your neighbor and say neighbor turn the light on turn the light on turn it up bless God turn it up don't just turn a little bitty 40 watt bulb. turn the light on let your light so shine before men they may see your good works glorify your father in heaven yes we need to turn the light on here's the two thoughts that the Lord's got on my heart to share with you today as I mentioned to you earlier how can we turn distress and the word again for hardship is distress our affliction how can we turn this hardship that we're going through these events that are namely mostly out of our control but there's some things we can control how can we turn this distress into heaven's best and then secondly how can we turn distress into being blessed I'll bring these up in a moment again, so don't worry if you didn't get them. Number one, let's see, how can we turn this distress that we're experiencing? Maybe you don't even know how to explain it. Maybe you've been watching television and watching the news like many have or reading articles, and you're just baffled. You're just absolutely overtaken with emotions and wondering what in the world's going on and where we are at and, and what are we supposed to do? How can we turn this hardship, this distress into heaven's best? Notice what Peter said. He said, the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. I want to use this first phrase, Be, uh, but the end of all things is at hand. I want to talk about that just for a moment and primarily in two questions and answers. Here's the question, here's the, and I'll share with you the answer. Number one, where are we at right now as a nation and in the prophetical uh, God's uh, providential will. Where are we at in God's calendar, in other words, as a nation and as a people and according to the scripture? And then number two, where are we going? I believe this will be a source of blessing to you and a source of encouragement to you as we consider these things right now probably many of you like I have not really seen the Bible verse that I want to give you today and I want you to learn it we're gonna learn it today The Lord had me to memorize it yesterday don't think you're too old to memorize scripture yesterday the Lord had me memorize this in 2021 we need to go uh, a little higher we need to up our spiritual life a little more we need to dig a little deeper I believe the Lord is calling the people of God we can't be at ease in Zion oh no we can't be cold and indifferent somebody's put it this way many are cold and a few are chosen and the truth be Many Christians are cold and a few are frozen. You know what I mean? I mean, it's time to wake up. It's time to get up. It's time to look up. It's time to, to stand up. It's time to dress up in America and in our culture and our family. Well, wait a minute. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about this verse. Now, you don't have to turn there unless you want to because we're going to come back to First Peter chapter 4. This is the verse I want you to learn today. You ready for it? If you're ready, say amen. If you're ready, say amen. Thank you. Isaiah chapter 33 verse 22 those listening by way of live stream you need to learn it too this will bless you it'll bless your socks off you'll be glad you learned it hey here it is we're gonna come back to 1 Peter 4 so if you can turn back that's fine but here's the verse right here I've got it on the screen the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver the Lord is our King he will save us Isaiah chapter please everybody let's say it together I want you to learn this first why because I think this is so practical to what we're and where we're at right now we think that mm, at times man's in control we think that the political situation that uh, is spiraling out of God's control but wait a minute I want to remind you the Lord is our judge let's say it together the Lord is our judge one more time look at this this is three parts here is almighty God establishing the government boom 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 the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver the Lord is our King he will save us don't miss this all right we've already said the first part the Lord is our judge now let's say the second part the Lord is our lawgiver let's say it together the Lord is our lawgiver. Say it again. All right, now let's put these two together. Let's go. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. Say it again. All right, now we're going to put the third part. Now, I'm telling you, this will bless you. Do you know that God established the government? Did you know that? That's right. Uh, uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verse 6. God established the government. God set it up. And by the way, I know where we're heading. And I'll put it to you this way we're on track right now. Do you hear me? We're on track right now. Now, all the fear and all the insecurity and all the doubts and all the fear and all the wondering about where we're at right now, this should put your mind at ease somewhat. Let's put this last part together, all right? The Lord is our King. Let's say it together. The Lord is our king. Let's say it together. Again. All right, let's put all three together now. Why? Why am I having you do this? Because you're going to see in a moment. This is the government, the three branches, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial, right here in the Bible. Did anybody know it was right here in the Bible? Probably nobody knew this. I have not seen this in 40 years how God has broken it down. You're going to see right here, God established the government. Now, our minds are on things that are going on. I understand that. But look here. The Lord is our judge. Let's say this all together. We're going to stop right here. Say it with me. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. And the Lord is our king. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying this. The Lord is our judge. That's the judicial part of government. The 12 people robed in black called the Supreme Court and other judges. God said, I'm setting this up in my word that you will know I am in control. That is, God is in control. How many believe God is in control? The Lord set up the government. The Lord set up his government, and I've got more to talk about that in just a moment. But this ought to bless you and encourage you. Not only is the Lord our judge, But the Lord is our, what, lawgiver. This is the legislative branch that uh, makes up the laws. Hello, the House, the Senate. Hello, it's right in the Bible. Did you know that? I'm so glad the Bible's a word, oh yes, for us every day. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. Say it with me. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. And then... The Lord is our king. Here's the executive part, carrying out the law. You say, Pastor, where are we at right now? And, and I, w- I want to ask you right now, Isaiah thirty three twenty two. 22. Say it with me. Isaiah thirty three twenty two. 22. Say it with me. Isaiah thirty three twenty two. 22. Say it with me. Isaiah thirty three twenty two. The Lord is our judge sit with me the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver and the Lord is our King sit with me the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver and the Lord is our King he will save us that's what Isaiah the prophet of God said and I tell you this is absolutely shouting ground to me when I saw it now uh, again Going back to what Peter said, where are we at as a nation? Where are we at in the world? I'll tell you where we're at. We're on track. We're on time of what the Word of God says is going to happen and will be fulfilled. God is a mighty God. Hallelujah. But the end of all things is at hand. Now, where are we heading? Revelation chapter 13, and I don't have time to uh, deal with all the passages of Scripture. I'll just simply uh, reference them, and you can look them up later. In fact, you can go to our New Rocket Creek Facebook page, and the Lord had me to do a devotion. It will come out tomorrow in more details about these. I'll simply hit the highlights right now due to time. Revelation 13 and Daniel chapter 7. God tells us in his word there's coming a time when this political ruler, hear me, a global-minded political ruler will emerge, otherwise known as the Antichrist. He's described in Revelation 13. You say, but pastor, this is way up in the future. It could just be only uh, six months away, a year away. If the rapture was to take place, it wouldn't be very long. And so I think we as the people of God need to know the times in which we're living and what we ought to do. Yes, Bible prophecy. Y'all learned this. And this is the title of the message tomorrow on the uh, devotion. The political leads to the prophetical. Always, mark it down. The political leads to the prophetical. You see, the Bible teaches in Proverbs chapter twenty. 9 and verse 2 when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn it's the lord according to proverbs 21 1 the lord holds the king's heart in his hand as the rivers of water the king's heart in his hand you hear me the lord holds the king's heart in his hand as the rivers of water and he he, God, turns it whithersoever way he will. It's the Lord that raises up one. It's the Lord that puts down another. The Lord God Almighty. And therefore, we know where we're at right now. The Lord is our judge. Say it with me. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. Say it with me. The Lord is our lawgiver. And the Lord is our king. Say it with me. The Lord is our king. He's our judge. Let me explain. You and I will stand before the judge one day. Either at the great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 14, John said, I saw a great white throne, and he that sat on it, whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found in them. And the dead, small and great, the dead, small and great. I said, the dead, small and great. I said, the dead, small and great stood before God. And the books were open, and another book was open. The sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to the works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is called the great white throne judgment. Sit with me. The great white throne judgment. Sit with me. The great white throne judgment. That's in Revelation 20. And you and I will either stand there and I hope today if you're a Christian if you're saved, you will not appear before the great white throne judgment. But if you are a Christian you'll still and I'll still be judged by Jesus when at the judgment seat of Christ say that with me the judgment seat of Christ say that with me the judgment seat of Christ. don't you want to know how you're gonna be judged See, you're judging me right now by the message and the way it's presented but God's gonna judge you and me one day he's gonna judge you about the gifts you've been given and me He's going to judge us and either reward us or we'll suffer loss. Now, this does not mean you'll go to heaven or hell. This means whether we'll be rewarded. Listen to me, beloved. Suffering today, rewarded tomorrow. Somebody ought to have said hallelujah. Suffering today, rewarded tomorrow. The gratification of today. The world's philosophy Life only comes around once, eat all you can, drink and be merry and wine and women and wealth. Yeah, you live it up, but there's coming a reckoning day. Yes, rewards tomorrow, cross today, a crown tomorrow. The judgment seat of Christ. If you're a Christian, you'll be here, and I will, at the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that we may receive what we've done in the body, whether it be good or bad. The Lord's going to judge us. Go back to Isaiah thirty-three, twenty-two. The Lord is our judge. Say it with me. The Lord is our judge. Say it with me. The Lord is our judge. He's going to judge you. Did you know that? You say, "Oh, but don't judge me." He is. We're gonna, whether we wood hay and stubble or gold silver press. Doesn't this change you? Doesn't this make you want to live holy? Doesn't this make you want to make a difference? Doesn't this make you want to say, "Dear Lord, I know you've given me gifts, spiritual gifts, and and I don't want to waste them. I don't want to be at your beam of judgment, empty-handed." You've died for me. You gave your all for me. What can I give to you? What can I do? Lord, it's not about me. It's about you. Right now, if you love Jesus, you'll be able to measure how much you love Jesus. Obedience always measures. You can tell how much you love Jesus by the way we obey him. Come on, talk to me. Oh, yeah, how much do you love Jesus? We can sing it, but the lifestyle is the real proof. You agree with me? say amen if you agree you know what I'm saying is true well what about it okay so the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver remember when he gave Moses the Ten Commandments both the oral law to Abraham and even before that you know Adam and Eve and and then the Ten Commandments and beyond the Lord is our lawgiver and the Spirit of God oh yes leads us into mm, victory he's our lawgiver But also, the Lord is our king. Wait a minute. Let me just clarify something real quick. What does God say about the government? What does God say about lawgiver? I'll tell you briefly. If you were to look at Paul's writing in the book of Romans, particularly chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, here's what you find. You find, and I'm paraphrasing, that the Lord God set government over man for the purpose twofold one to give us liberty and freedom to worship our lord as we please number two for the protection of the people of god that's in a brief nutshell why the lord established government therefore you need to conclude and i need to conclude this we're to come under come under the authority of the government wait a minute we are with one exception what's the exception when the government violates the word of God we like Peter and John according to Acts chapter 5 verse 29 we ought to obey God rather than man. Let me give you an example. Daniel in the book of Daniel he came under Nebuchadnezzar the pagan king and yet he did not compromise his convictions. In fact in Daniel 1 8 he purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with the king's meat nor the king's wine. God honored the life of Daniel. For example, when he was told not to pray, No, the decree of the king Darius in chapter 6 of the book of Daniel did Daniel listen was Daniel intimidated did Daniel say oh well I'm gonna bow down to Caesar and in this case Darius no he said I'm gonna go pray to my God if it costs me it costs me if there's a consequence it's gonna be a consequence but we read the rest of the story how even though he was punished and sentenced to spend a night in the lion's den God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions, and therefore Daniel did not compromise, even though this was a decree from the king. I could share more examples. For example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you remember the three boys, Michel and and uh, those three Hebrew boys, they uh, didn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's command. Oh no! And yet they spent time in the fiery furnace, and yet the Lord delivered them. But by the way. Uh, John the Baptist uh, continued to preach in spite of him being beheaded. Listen, God may not, hear me now, listen, the Lord may not always deliver us for doing right, but that's all right. God's got a plan like in the days of John the Baptist. See, we get this idea that if I serve God and I obey God, then God's going to do everything I want him to do. No, the will of God is bigger than our will. A lot of people want to bomb out on God and throw in the towel when God doesn't do. Well, wait a minute, I'm being persecuted and and I thought, God, if I serve you, then all this stuff wouldn't happen to me. God is sovereign. God knows the big plan. We don't ask Joseph of old. In the Old Testament, he learned that when you serve a Lord, life hands you a lemon, but you can make lemonade out of it. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, make lemonade out of those lemons you got. Oh, yes, make lemonade out of those lemons you got. Quickly, Daniel, in the book of Revelation 13, he'll be worshipped by the whole world, this antichrist, this political world ruler, a globalistic mindset, mind you. I'm telling you this. I don't think we're there yet, but I tell you, we're heading there. I can assure you in Daniel 7, verse 8 and also verse 24 and 25 this little horn will emerge out of these ten horns namely these ten confederated nations are explained in the book of Daniel as ten kings and what are they gonna do this Antichrist political ruler here's where we're heading this uh, Antichrist will use this false prophet have we seen some false prophets in these days or have we seen some false prophets in today I need a witness well, Jesus said in the last days, in the Olivet Discourse, namely Matthew 24, he said there be false prophets rising in his name, pseudo-propheti. So we should not be surprised, but we should discern, test the spirits. Believe not every spirit, but test the spirits, 1 John 4 and 1. At any rate, so the Lord is going to use this political ruler for his own purpose and plan I'm telling you, the Bible is written to us that we might uh, stand on it because, thank God, it stands. But this religious ruler, this false prophet, will have power to call down fire from heaven. I'm talking about miracles. Hey, look, I'm not against miracles. I know God can do miracles. But be careful about the signs, wonders, and miracles that are flying left and right. Bible talks about in the end time, Satan, 2 Thessalonians 2, will be able to use signs, wonders, and miracles to deceive the very elect. And Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 24, but also 2 Thessalonians. I know God can do miracles, but so can the devil, and so can the false prophet. Many Christians are so swayed by what they see instead of believing God we walk by sight instead of faith I'm just saying that I'm not being critical I'm saying hey look this mystery Babylon you got commercial Babylon in the book of Revelation chapter 18 that's the political world system you got religious Babylon this apostate church that's going to be very prominent during the end time the antichrist is going to use this Whore, this uh, harlot as described in Revelation chapter 17, this false church that even began in the days of Nimrod. all oh, this is moving toward the fulfillment of the word of God. I'm telling you, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I'm telling you this, I can see this crystal clear. Can you? Can you see where we're heading? Can you see where we're at? What are we to do? We're going to talk about that because the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our... King, let's say that together. The Lord is our King. Let's say it together. The Lord is our King. What do we mean? He's coming back as the King of Kings, not a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. He's coming. John said, "I saw heaven open. Behold, a white horse. He that sat on him is called Faithful and True, and righteous he to judge and make war. His eyes are a flame of fire. On his head are many crowns. He hath a vesture dipped in blood." He's describing the battle of all battles namely the battle of Armageddon then he says John that he is exiled on the Isle of Patmos I saw the armies in heaven which followed him white horses clothed in pine linen white and clean out of his mouth meaning the king of kings out of his mouth goes the sharp sword they should smite the nations he that treads upon the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of almighty God he hath on a style a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords he's coming back and brother I tell you thank God we didn't vote him in and we can't vote him out hallelujah isn't that wonderful i'm telling you he rules he uh, he ever rules he overrules and the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our lord and of his christ he's going to reign forever and forever his kingdom there shall be no end he's going to rule over the house of jacob forever he is going to inaugurate his millennial kingdom when it comes in the clouds of heaven Zechariah said His feet are going to stand on the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem, Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 4. And he's going to set up his millennial kingdom in the temple, Messiah's temple, Ezekiel's temple described in Ezekiel chapter 40 through chapter 48. 202 verses by the way he's going to sit in the temple as the king of kings the lord of lords many jews are going to turn to their messiah and be saved paul said they'll be well in Zechariah 3 chapter 3 and verse 9 they'll be saved in a day in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10 they whom they pierce they're going to look upon his hands yes And Paul wrote in Romans 11 25 and 26 all of Israel shall be saved that's during the millennial kingdom when he establishes his kingdom I'm telling you this is where we're going this is where we're heading yes he's gonna reign and Satan will be bound for a thousand years only to be loosed at the last of that thousand years to go out and deceive and then ultimately listen ultimately Satan will be cast in the lake of fire with the false prophet and the beast the Antichrist these aren't computers these are people they will be thrown into the lake of fire according to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10 where the false prophet and the beast are and shall be listen tormented forever and ever yes where are we heading this is where we're heading beloved this is where we're heading we need to let the light shine Jesus will come in the rapture the next event the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout I don't know when, but I know it's closer than it's ever been. I know we need to be ready. And then, as I describe, the Antichrist will come on the scene confirming the covenant. I don't think the Abrahamic accord recently that was developed under President Trump's administration with Israel and the UAE As well as uh, other countries have joined in now Morocco and others I do not think this is the confirmation of the Covenant necessarily many believe that it's already on the table it'll just be strengthened when right after the rapture it won't take long for Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27 to be fulfilled he the Antichrist shall confirm a covenant with many what for one week that one week is seven years indicating this seven years to the Jews God's plan and God's purpose for them the Antichrist will use this false church at the beginning of the tribulation I suggest to you it's happening right now I suggest to you the events and the signs that are going on right now are paving the way for the Word of God to be fulfilled hallelujah you say pastor How can I be depressed if I believe all that? That's what I want to know. Oh, concern, yes. How can we turn distress into being blessed? Here's the practicality of the message. The other was a lot of biblical revelation. Now comes the personal practical application. Well, what can we do? Let your light shine. What can we do? How? Listen, lordship, fellowship. Through hardship. What is God calling us to do? Peter says this, watch unto prayer. Say it with me. Watch unto prayer. Say it with me. Watch unto prayer. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we need to get to praying. Neighbor, we need to get to praying. We need to get to praying. By the way, powerful praying. By the way, unoffered prayer is unanswered prayer. I can't hear you. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desire of him. First John 5, 14, 15, unoffered prayers, unanswered prayer. Wait a minute. Who do you need to pray for today? Can I be personal with you right for a moment? How much time have you spent today in prayer? How many need to pray in just a moment? Talk to me. We saw our grandchildren and our children. you think this is going to automatically happen? Can I give you a practical solution? Why not start praying for them right now? And you say, but I do. I'm not talking about once a week. I'm not talking about once a month. I'm not talking about once a year. I'm talking about every day. Paul said about Timothy, he said, I pray for you day and night. You're on my heart. I can't get you off my mind. No wonder God says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much has much power the powerful prayers of the saints of God unoffered prayer unpure prayer listen to me look up here just a moment we got to get on praying ground like last week we had to confess sin if we regard iniquity in our heart the Lord won't hear us Psalm 66 18 and so we got to get on praying ground are you on praying ground are there some things you need to get right with the Lord before you pray uh, you know, this idea that I can just throw up a hell Mary and God hears all of our prayers and God understands this, it's just not biblical. The Lord's given us his word. The Lord's given us principles. The Lord's given us how we approach his throne, how we're to relate to him. And I say, let God be true and every man a liar. This idea that everybody can pray anytime, anywhere, live any own way and that God understands no, there's conditions to answered prayer. Let me give you a verse. Proverbs 28, 13. If we regard iniquity in the heart, not only will the Lord not hear us, he that covers the sins shall not prosper, but he who ever it and forsakes it shall have mercy. What should we do? The power, the power of prayer. And One, number two, look at this. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. I got a call just the other day, Friday lady said pastor Randy will you please pray for me I've got a big decision to make how many of y'all need a big got a big decision to make right now anybody yeah every day you got a big decision I do too but this lady said will you pray for me I said yes after an hour and uh, 10 minutes talking and praying we prayed together my hardly hung up the phone The phone rang again will you pray uh, for dad speaking of brother Plaz. He, he's not doing good he's had these TIA's he's going down quickly we're putting him on hospice care and I said I sure will pray and and then I was asked to go visit him with a mask and I have not seen him because of the situation but when the family requested I said sure I'll be glad to I went and there was brother players in this room bedroom on his bed and he looked up and he saw me and I looked at him and I said I love you, brother he said I love you too And I said, uh, he said, I've had a tough time these last two weeks. And I said, I came by to pray for you. I came by to help bury the load that God will strengthen you and God will give you his peace and God will comfort your heart. So I had the privilege of praying for him just then, just a few moments praying with him. and, And he expressed his appreciation. I said, our church family loves you. You know that. He said, I know that prayer 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 yes uh, we can do more than pray when we pray but we can't do more than pray until we prayed are you praying beloved who do you need to pray for right now there's a second practical application how we can turn distress into being blessed one by praying yes the events transpiring and that are going to transpire in the coming weeks and months we might not be able to control, but thank God we can be in fellowship with the Lord and the Lord will give us his peace and his presence and his power. I want to say amen to that. How many are glad for that? Hallelujah, no matter what. Hey, let me just take a quick survey. How many of y'all have experienced the peace of God, the presence of God, the power of God, Even in difficult times when you had a loved one to pass away when you were told bad news when you were sick when you were down there's some today that need to say let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy is there anybody here that could testify God hadn't let me down the Lord has been faithful to me I'm gonna keep trusting him I'm gonna keep believing in him I can't help what's going on but I can help my relationship with him I want the world to know that my redeemer lives. He's a good God. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. He's a way maker. He's a chain breaker. He's a grave robber. He's a promise keeper. And everybody needs to know the God we serve. Yes, we do. Amen. Hallelujah. Then quickly, above all charity, this is agape. It means love. Fervent love. My stepmom sent me a text message just the other day, Friday. Here's what she said, Kathy. She said, tomorrow is Bob and I's anniversary. As many of you know, my dad was taken to glory. I miss him. I'm going to see him again, thank God. And she said, yesterday was their anniversary. She said one thing that, among many things, your dad, she sent it to all the children, said that he showed unconditional love. How I many know well, that's a blessing? Hallelujah. Have you ever been a recipient of unconditional love? You knew you really didn't deserve it, but you just got it anyway. Isn't that a blessing? And I said, yes, he loved with the Father's love. Unconditional love. What should we do? One, power of prayer. Two, passion. Passion, love. Love doesn't sweep sin under the rug, but love covers the multitude of sins. Woman, where are accusers? He's without sin. Let him cast the first stone. She had done wrong. Nobody could throw a stone because we've all missed the mark. There was a sinful woman, there was a sinless Savior, and there were self-righteous Pharisees. Woman, I, I have none, Lord, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more go and sin no more say it with me go and sin no more say it with me go and sin no more he didn't condone or excuse or alibi he said go and sin no more that's the message that you and i ought to go and tell let your light shine brother turn the light on sister turn the light on people need to see jesus today they don't need to see me and you they need to see the love of god Oh hallelujah bless the Lord thank you father for your great love but wait a minute there's one more thing and I'm done and it's this how can we turn distress into being blessed prayer passion to love third purpose purpose you want to make a difference right now no matter what's going on prayer passion that is love third purpose Use hospitality one to another without grudging without murmuring as every man hath received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God what is he saying he's saying you got a purpose you got a purpose how many you all know that God's called you and me right now he's called us right now to make a difference he has called us and I don't know about y'all But I told somebody just the other day Friday I don't about y'all but honestly I feel unworthy I really do I don't understand I can't explain it but I thank God for the calling of the Lord is in your life are you running are you fighting the good fight of faith are you staying the course are you being steadfast are you being unmovable are you making a difference are you watch this watch this are you turning on the light turn that light on turn the light on brother turn the light on sister And thank God it'll be worth it when we get to heaven and all God's people said let's stand together father I thank you now for your amazing grace great unconditional love and then your plan and purpose for each of our lives though we are unworthy you are worthy and though we can do nothing without you with you we can do all things I pray now in the mighty strong name of Jesus that you would fill us afresh cleanse us afresh Help us to see your vision. Help us to hear your calling. Help us to yield and surrender our life, our family, our finances, our future in your hands right now. Our children, our grandchildren, our families. Lord, we're asking for breakthroughs and your perfect will and your, oh God, plan to be unfolded, that, Lord, you'd help us not to be critical and judgmental toward people. But, Lord, give us your love, your compassion, your heart for those who do not know you. And then those who are not seemingly concerned, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll draw them with your irresistible cords of Calvary's love. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for the salt and light that you have predestined us to be at a time like this in 2021. We want to walk through doors that are open. We're trusting you to open more doors. Oh, that the gospel, the good news will penetrate the dark, desperate, dying world. Thank you, Jesus. We worship and love you because of your victory. I pray blessings now, each one. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Right now.